This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I remind you it's really busy this time of year. Welcome in. We are live here on this Tuesday. So much to get to as the trade deadline is now within hours. It was a busy last 24 hours for the Atlanta Braves. We'll get to that in just a moment. Remind you guys to give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zeno. We have some updates from Falcons camp to get to as well and some more NFL news as the wake of the Deshaun Watson ruling uh, still reverberating throughout the rest of the league. But manifesto, let's start with the Atlanta Braves and welcome in at the top of the show, the only person who you need to talk to when it comes to anything Atlanta Braves, our good friend, Grant McCauley. Of course, you can hear him on the Braves postcast as well from the Diamond, the podcast, and on 92.9 The Game. Grant, all right, uh, welcome, and it's very, very busy. Let's start with the easy part first. And the easy part is the extension of Austin Riley for 10 years and $212 million. So another guy that they seemingly got on the cheap, well, $21 million is not cheap, comparatively speaking, if Austin Riley were to produce the year that he's having this year for the next two or three years in arbitration, his long-term contract would exceed $30 million in value easily. So this is sort of on the cheap, but the reaction to the deal, obviously good, how do you feel about this and what was kind of how this all came down and, and got done? Yeah, I mean, it's thrilling if you're the Atlanta Braves. And it's, I think, thrilling if you're Austin Riley to sign a $200-plus contract that keeps you in the uniform that you came up in and that you just won a World Series in. So you've got that in your pocket, most uh, pretty much literally and figuratively speaking. But there's some cost certainty that's attached to this deal that I think is obviously good for the Braves. You mentioned $21 or so million dollars on average. Per season, there's an 11th year that's a $20 million option. So this thing could be worth $232 million over the next 11 seasons. And you've got Austin Riley playing at an MVP level here in 2022, following up his breakout season of 2021. And I thought it was you know, interesting to hear the comments of Dansby Swanson after the walk-off win over the Diamondbacks on Sunday. It's not that Austin Riley got hot. It's that this is who he is, and he continues to get better. Now, will he be an MVP candidate every single season for the next 10 years? Who knows? We'll find out. But I think he can be an impact player for the Braves for a long time. And now you've got him locked up across the diamond from Matt Olson. you got Ozzie Albies long-term under control. you got Ronald Acuna Jr. signed to a long-term contract. So the pieces, the pillars of this club, many of them are under contract for the Braves for some time to come. So this is exciting for Atlanta. This is a big deal for Austin Riley. And this is something that I think continues to create the belief, and it very much should, that the Braves are here to stay and that they are building for the future. And that, yeah. that future is quite bright. You also left out Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, Kyle Wright, like all these guys on the contract through 2027, at least team control sure. through 2027. Now, you know me, I just look at everything from every angle. Um, the downside to a 10-year contract is similar to what the downside that you got with 10-year contracts for Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna. Albies is hurt and can't play, and Acuna is underperforming. Um, while these guys are under team control, the problem is, is that if for whatever reason they don't continue to produce at the level that they is, that value that you're getting now slowly starts to come down. That's the danger in any 10-year contract. It's not just these particular players. It's any contract of this length that really presents that danger. What, 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 why do Austin Riley this contract now when a guy like Dansby Swanson is pending free agency? Like That's the only other thing to me that seems a little bit off. 
where I could give Austin Riley this contract next year and it would still be great value, but I'm looking at possibly losing Dansby Swanson. Well, I don't know that those two things are necessarily all tied together. Related, yes. Because the Braves are a club that has moved back into the top 10 in payroll, which is something that people should take note of. And from conversations I've had with people who would know these things and with people who are around for these things and these conversations, with the success on the field, with the success financially this club is having, they see this number continuing to grow. So this record payroll is not just a 2022 or 2023 thing. It's something that's projectable going forward because the business model they have quite simply is helping them to print money at a rate hitherto unheard of for the Braves franchise. And that's a great thing. But, you know, just to go back to Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzy Albies, I mean, those contracts are such extreme values for this club. I don't yeah. see any way possible. I mean, Ozzy Albies injury notwithstanding, that's not a long-term career-threatening thing for him. It's right. something that is unfortunate. He'll have to go through it. And Ronald Acuna Jr., while he has had a rough month of July, this is not the player that Ronald is long-term. It's not the player that he's shown himself over the first four years. Everybody goes through things, whether it's injuries or inconsistency. It's the great ones and the, even the good ones that find their way through that. And Ronald Acuna Jr., on a bad year, I think, is good to great. And on a, a great year, is one of the best players in baseball. So I, I wouldn't spend any time, you know, uh, being the least bit worried about that contract, the value of it, and what it means going forward for him or Ozzy Albies for that matter. But for Dansby, it's a different situation. I mean, free agency is awaiting. He does have the same representation as Freddie Freeman did. So there's a lot of things baked into that pie. All right, we'll turn our attention to the Major League Baseball trade deadline and the moves that the Braves made. But first, a word from our good friends at Dave. You know, we've all been in a situation at some point in our lives where we're a little tight on cash. Maybe you couldn't afford to put a few extra gallons of gas in your car. Or you have a, an occasion coming up where you need an expensive gift. Well, that's where Dave can help. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when expenses come up. Now, Dave can get you out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, catch up on some bills, you know, finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out any hangups. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief when they need it with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, need some extra help, download Dave. Think of it as a helping hand to the future you. Download Dave, the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for extra cash and an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. The terms and conditions go to dave.com slash legal instant transfer fee supply banking provided by evolve member fdic all right let's get back to the atlanta braves here with grant mccauley from our braves postcast and uh 92 the game from the diamond podcast the biggest move right now i think is the jake odorizzi one uh because you gave up the most or at least the the, bet, the, the most notable commodity for it and will smith with the Houston Astros. Clearly, the starting pitching at the back end of the rotation was a concern. Even though Ian, Ian Anderson had a good start last time out, he just hasn't been anything assembling the pitcher he was last year. And Charlie Morton has had more struggles this year than good starts. So, Odorizzi, question one, where does he slide in as far as the rotation is concerned? And is there an odd man out? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see long-term if there is an odd man out here. But, you know, the Houston Astros had so much rotational depth that this was a piece that they could afford to move. I mean, the Braves, you know, with Will Smith being really just not effective this year and especially not effective over the last, what, three, four weeks, this was a, a really fascinating trade and not one I necessarily expected to see. But when it came to, you know, rotational depth, that's something I feel like the Braves were, could be tested in for a number of different reasons. Yeah, you've got a couple of guys who haven't necessarily performed to the level that you expected, and Ian Anderson in particular, and Charlie Morton to a lesser level. 
And then you've got Spencer Strider, who's going to throw the most innings he's thrown in any season if he remains healthy in his professional career. That's something you need to factor in. And then you have to make sure that if anything would happen to any member of this rotation, do you have somebody that you can turn to that you feel like they can hold down that spot? So I think that's where Odorizzi comes in. And in the short term, as far as odd man out and some of the other plans, the Braves have a couple of double headers coming up. One notably in New York, another yeah. that will be happening the next weekend in Miami. So that might lead them to needing a sixth starter, if you will, for a minute. So we'll see exactly right. how that all plays out. But I think that's where Odorizzi fits in in the short term. Long term, once you get into the latter part of August and you start figuring out who starts when and where, maybe having a guy like Odorizzi is an opportunity to skip a start for a couple of different guys, manage their innings a little bit, not just Spencer Strider, but anybody that might need it as you go down the stretch, but also have someone who you believe is a major league capable, major league ready starter, as opposed to just kind of trying to spin the wheel and hope that a young pitcher can come up in the heat of a pennant race and give you what you need there. So I think that's some of the thinking that's gone into going out and getting a veteran starting pitcher like Jake Odorizzi. And it tells you a ton about how much faith they're having the rest of the bullpen that they were willing to deal. When everyone's looking for bullpen arms at the trade deadline, they were willing to deal at least one of the ones that helped them uh, win a World Series last year as it was underperformed. So I think they got a lot of confidence there. The other move, uh, outfielder Robbie Grossman uh, on the surface does not you know move the needle in any size, way, shape, or form. Uh, it's a guy who's hitting 205 with two home runs and 23 RBIs. That's exactly two or more, more home runs than you and I have this season. Now, I'm not going to get hung up on that because I remember when they traded for Jock Peterson, he was batting 240 with eight home runs, and he was such an integral part of what they did. And I, I, I think I mentioned the same thing to somebody about Tyler Knockin for the Mets. He was batting like 240 with seven home runs. Like, those guys can make a difference. That said, he's a switch hitter. He hits great against left-handed pitching from the right side. So this could be not only another platoon situation for Rosario and left, but a guy that – uh, you know, could be added pop off the bench when needed. Yeah, and this is what you were looking for, I think, if you're the Braves, is somebody to help, you know, ease the loss of the right-handed power that you had from Adam Duvall, somebody that can play the corner outfield spots, which Grossman certainly can, and just a guy that allows for Eddie Rosario to hopefully be Eddie Rosario and do most of his damage against right-handed pitching. A platoon partner, as you pointed out, is exactly what I think the Braves needed in this case. I mean, you'd love to see a splashier move if there was one out there, but I'm not sure that the Braves needed to just go out and empty the farm to make a, a splash move to get a huge bat in the middle of their lineup to solve problems that may not actually be there. But you know that aside, I mean, you got to have Eddie Rosario produce. you got to have Ronald Acuna Jr. produce. And where Robbie Grossman fits in is that role that Adam Duvall had as a right-handed power hitter. He was a 2020 guy a year ago with a 114 weighted runs created plus. He does have a 1,000 OPS against lefties this year and 100 plate appearances. So if you're looking for a guy to come in, wear that out lefties good. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and, play, and play passable defense in left field or better, this was a nice piece to add. And we'll see if Alex Anthopoulos has bigger designs or other deals that he makes before the deadline. All right, Grant, one more here. And the one that makes me the most sad because uh, – well, welcome back, Erhi Adrianza. Uh, we hardly forgot that you were here. Uh, but it, th this is the move where they DFA'd Robinson Cano in exchange for it. I, I get he plays a better infield and you probably focus on defense, but you know, I, I love Robbie Cano, soft spot in my heart. But uh, Adria Adrianza here, just I assume that's what he's here for defensive replacement more than anything. It's versatility. I mean, this is a guy that can play second, short, and third. He can throw him in the outfield if you need to. He's a switch hitter, and those are all things that. You know, Robinson Cano simply could not do. And Robinson did not get a ton of at-bats, ton of plate appearances. This was a flyer to say, all right, if you come up and catch lightning in a bottle, there's a place for Robinson Cano. If you come up and get a couple of hits in your first game and then two more hits and the rest of the time that you play, 
you're probably not going to hang around a long time. And there were a couple of miscues up in Philadelphia that I think kind of pointed to the fact that at second base, in the absence of Ozzie Albies, you needed somebody who's maybe just a little bit younger, a little bit more capable. And again, once Ozzie comes back, versatile enough to move around and do some other things. So I think that was the answer there. And, you know, you take a flyer on guys, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But Adrianza was a guy that was on the World Series team and somebody that the Braves are happy to welcome back into the fold. And hopefully he has a role to play here in 2022 as the Braves look to do the same. All right, final thought here real quick. Is Alex Anthopoulos done? I know we got a couple hours left, and whenever you guys are listening to this or watching to it, might have already passed the trade deadline. But do you think he's done? Or is he comfortable with where he is? As of where we sit right now before the trade deadline, I think that there's always time for another deal until that deadline has passed. So I think Alex Anthopoulos could be working on something else, and I wouldn't be surprised to see another deal, maybe two, that happens before that 6 p.m. Eastern time trade deadline. All right. Well, you'll see Grant on our Braves postcast uh, throughout the rest of the regular season and on to the playoffs, of course, and catch him on From the Diamond, the podcast, and on 92.9 The Game. Thanks for the time this morning, brother. Appreciate it. Stay well. Enjoy the rest of the day. You got it. All right. Take a time out. Come back. The Atlanta Falcons. A ring, not a ringing endorsement of a player is to say these words. I'll tell you that next right here on A to Z. On Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. You search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Geno. Make sure you check out all the shows here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is A to Z. I've hit and hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Tanitra Batista. I just told you about our Braves postcast, Grant McCauley and others as well. Locked On Falcons and Locked On Hawks, all of us. Uh, putting together a great lineup for you guys. So continue the love and support. We're over 2,000 subscribers on YouTube already. We appreciate you guys following there and watching this podcast as well as listening to it wherever you get your podcast. This segment of the show brought to you by our friends at betonline.net as we turn our attention back to the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, they put the pads on yesterday. We're in full swing of training camp. Uh, you're going to work towards next week. There's going to be a game played at some point in time. Uh, I do want to spend a quick moment here talking about Deion Jones because this situation is ever developing and I, I'm not sure what the end state here is. At least I would probably have a different philosophy of this than at least what it seems like the Falcons are approaching it with. Now, the baseline here is that he's on the physically unable to perform list to start the season. He had shoulder surgery in the offseason. I remember hearing when he had shoulder surgery, it seemed like it caught a lot of us by surprise. We didn't know he needed shoulder surgery. Nobody said anything about it until after it had happened. So that's step number one. Uh, because if it, if the team had known about it, they would have let the media know about it. That's you know, There's no reason for them not to, uh, given how poorly he played, it's one of those things where the team, can, oh, well, he was hurt for a lot of part of the year. So he wasn't 100%. He was going out there gutting it out and everything else. Well, it feels like the team didn't know he needed shoulder surgery. He did it anyway, and here we go. Clearly, from the very forefront, there is now, after a guy who went to the Pro Bowl here in Atlanta after his rookie year um, and looked like he was going to be one of the more consistent linebackers in the league and an excellent pass coverage linebacker, uh, has turned into a soup sandwich uh, and just a player who looked in many places last year like he didn't give a rip and didn't want to play. And the tape shows that. His effort was awful. This wasn't about talent. This was about effort last year. And there's plenty of video out there on the internet if you'd like to find it and see how bad his effort was last year. And so the Falcons have immediately tried to trade him. This offseason, there was you know a lot of talk about him getting traded and uh, looking for teams who wanted to take him. Uh, you thought there was a little bit of momentum for it to happen, and it felt like it was going to happen. The reports were out there. 
that was going to happen. And lo and behold, it didn't happen. Why? Because a lot of people looked at the same tape of Deion Jones that you guys can look at on the internet and go, this guy doesn't want to play football. What am I going to give anything away for it on the hopes that all of a sudden he comes here and wants to play football? You know, look, there's a certain subset of coaches out there who believe that they can change anything about a player. They'll go look at the best tape that he has on film and go, I can get that player back. In fact, I can make that player better. Every coach does that. Every coach can look at film on a guy and go, I can make that player better or that player can't get better. They, they make those decisions in, in an instant. It's just natural. It's what coaches do. Um, and so nobody wanted Deion Jones. And so the Falcons had to keep him and they kept him quiet. And lo and behold, there was talk of maybe them cutting him this, that, and the other. So he starts camp on the pup list. And um, after being put on the pup list, it was a little bit quiet. Um, Arthur Smith did address the fact that, you know, he's on the pup list and he should have a better picture at some point in time of, of where he is uh, later on this week. He said that last week in camp before the pads came on. Well, yesterday, Terry Fontenot addressed it. Uh, and I will tell you what he said here in a moment. But first, a word from our friends at betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events. It is the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league. Of course, you got MLB going on right now, but with football season coming up, you get everything NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they've got you covered with all of it. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, back to Terry Fontenot and what he said uh, yesterday when asked about Deion Jones. Now, uh, there's a couple of things here. Kevin Knight of the Falcoholic tweeted out this. <laughs> says, Falcons Terry Fontenot on Deion Jones' future with the team. We're not really going to get into it. We're going to do what's best for the long-term future of the team at every position with every player. Okay, we're not really going to get into it. It's not a ringing endorsement of anything. I mean, you, you don't make anybody feel comfortable with that statement. Things aren't going well when you say we're not going to get into it. Let's just, uh, example, you're having trouble with your car and your friend goes, hey, what's going on with your vehicle? We're not going to get into it. Doesn't mean it's fixed because if it was fixed, you'd say it's fixed. We're not going to get into it. That means there's nothing but trouble ahead. You know, if you and your you and your girlfriend or your spouse or whatever it is, you know, you're, you're on the rocks, you're going to couples therapy and you, and you tell your, your parents about it and they know you're in therapy. And, oh, how things going on the home front? We're not going to get into it. Doesn't mean therapy is going well. Doesn't mean that you guys have solved all the problems. All it means is that there's bad times coming ahead. Now, they try to caveat that, and here's a little bit more, and this is from D. Orlando Ledbetter in the AJC. You know, he says, you can ask that question about any play on the roster right now, and we'd answer it the same way. We're always trying to build the roster in the right way with every decision we make. It's about the betterment of the team as a whole. With any player, we have 90 players on this roster. You ask that question, we'd answer it in the same way. Right. That's a nice, you know, a nice uh, uh, exit stage right. But according to Fontenot, he says, quote, well, we haven't put a timetable on his return yet. He's working with the trainers and getting himself ready. When he is, he'll come out and compete. Now, my friend Jeff Schultz of The Athletic tweeted yesterday that the Falcons have failed in attempts at this point to trade linebacker Deion Jones and have decided not to cut him. This is according to a source. They believe he won't be a distraction to the team and the salary cap savings are minimal. The team continues to monitor Jones' attitude and rehab from shoulder surgery. Uh, if you have to monitor attitudes of people in your organization, uh, they're on the way out. Like, it doesn't... 
There are very few circumstances I can think of in my professional career, in many different fields, where I can look at a situation and see somebody on attitude, uh, attitude sort of monitoring, where you see them go, yeah, it, it turns all around. Like, it, obviously, it, 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 it's turned around 100%. It's all worked out. Like, I, you know, I, nah, that ain't happening. I don't know why you're going to monitor. And, and here's the thing. And this is my belief. And I've done this in the military throughout my entire career. Um, with folks who don't want to be around, I just get rid of them. I, I don't need the headache. I don't, I don't need to waste the energy and the involvement. In fact, monitoring attitudes, it takes time away from what I really need to be doing. Monitoring attitudes takes time away from coaches and, and coaching, you know, uh, game preparation and everything else because I got to worry about what one person is doing. To me, that is automatically a distraction. If you are on attitude adjustment watch, you are a distraction. You, you shouldn't need to, if you got guys in your locker room who got bad attitudes, get rid of them. What are you waiting for? If there's no compensation out there, of course he's going to get picked up by somebody for nothing. He has a Pro Bowl on his resume. He's going to get picked up by somebody because it costs them nothing and they have to pay him nothing and you're paying him a ton of money. I get it. But cut your losses. What do I always say in the sports world about a bad investment? When you make a bad investment, you don't double down by holding on to it. Cut, at, cut bait and get the hell out. I'm not sure what the Falcons hope to gain from this experiment with Deion Jones at this point in time, but in reality... It's not going to net much for them. And my guess is that Jones is cut at some point, let's say, before week six. I'd be shocked if it works out in any other direction. If he's not cut, he's being benched and not playing. All right, coming up next, uh, more fallout from the Deshaun Watson punishment as well. Live Golf, my new favorite organization in sports. I'll tell you why. Next, it's A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube. And wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Be right back. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube. And wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. A lot to do here in this final segment. On this Tuesday, we started off with some shovels of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We love to uh, whack somebody straight upside the head for saying or doing something stupid. Um, and today my shovel goes to, well, users of TikTok and the internet in general. Man, I, I'm flabbergasted. Uh, and, and really, I could give it to this woman named Rebecca Blue, but, that, you know, capitalism works. Um, Rebecca Blue is a former exotic dancer, and she sells her body, um, but not in the way you think. Uh, Rebecca Blue says she's become a millionaire by selling little pieces of herself on the internet. Um, for example, some of the things that she has sold are toenails, dead skin from her feet, dandruff, dandruff even a used intrauterine device. Uh, she claims to have also put ear cheese, bathroom trash, hairbrushes, old socks, vacuum ducts, toothbrushes, Q-tips, and floss all online. That has made her a million dollars. She's 28 years old from Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, who are the idiots who are buying these things? The self-proclaimed professional godness reportedly rakes in between $5,000 and $10,000 a month by hawking a bizarre and gross array of mementos 
online. One of her videos has more than 2.5 million views. And described how she started selling earwax cake Q-tips for five bucks a pop. Gross. It's disgusting. What the hell is wrong with America? Like this is where this is what we're dealing with. This is why we complain about our voting system because these are the people who are voting. Idiots who are buying earwax online from a former, I don't know, former, but an online exotic dancer. Like, dude, go outside, get a life, get off the computer, get off social media. Man, out loud. Just awful. I, I, you can't, I don't even know how to transition out of this in a way. Talk about Deshaun Watson from, from one gross thing to another. How's that sound? Um, there's going to continue to be pushback on Deshaun Watson and the punishment from the NFL. Now, the NFL still has two more days to appeal this whole thing um, and, and see if they want to push back on the six-game suspension. Well, the National Organization of Women uh, has now taken to Twitter. They're, an, they're a D.C. sort of lobbying group, I guess. Obviously very poor women, but, you know, they tweeted out, it's insulting and dangerous that Browns quarterback Sean Watson will face a six-game suspension with no fines following an investigation into allegations of sexual misconduct by more than two dozen women. Following is a statement from our national NOW president, Chris Nunez, says Deshaun Watson must not be allowed to profit from this hor- from his horrific behavior, and the NFL must change its business model that allows and enables and hides sexual misconduct into into one that respects women and holds abusers accountable. Shame on the Cleveland Browns for rewarding Deshaun Watson. Shame on the NFL for perpetuating a system where money talks and women aren't heard. Close quote. Okay. Here's the problem with the whole idea that you, the NFL should not allow Deshaun Watson back in the league. Um, what is the line of demarcation in which you can commit a crime and still be allowed back in the league, but not commit a crime or, or commit sexual assault and not be allowed back in the league? Like, is DUI manslaughter, is that okay? You go back and play after that because, well, it was an accident and you made a bad decision and you were drunk. Is hitting a child like Adrian Peterson did with the switch? Is that a, a reason to not allow him back? What, what is the line here? See, the NFL, as much as I've said repeatedly, they don't give a rip about optics, and they don't. If the NFL cares about their product on the field and the players that make their product on the field important are allowed back and given second chances for things, and guess what? If a team wants to sign Henry Ruggs, if somehow he escapes prison, they'll get back in the league. I mean, that, that's just as simple as it is. Um, and I don't advocate, I advocate for kicking guys out of the league on a case by case basis. And I've said that for years. But just remember the slippery slope you're putting yourself on. It's really not, but for me, it's really not hard to figure out why somebody deserves to be kicked out of the league and why somebody doesn't. Right. Like I feel like this stuff is kind of obvious and should be obvious, even though, you know, I guess there could be a double standard involved in this whole thing. I, I Guys, it's really simple. Um, the NFL does not care what you think. You keep watching, and enough people keep watching, that they don't have to care what you think. But I am curious to see if the league is going to appeal the suspension one way or another. All right, first word from our friends at Coffee AM before we get to live golf. But coffee never tastes so good. Why? Because Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster that makes some of the best coffee all over the world. And when I say all the world, I mean literally all over the world. Uh, I saw, I had one from Kenya, Sumatra, I thought about the rainforest one. There's another one from like some Asian Pacific island that I can't remember. 
um, that I wanted to try. Anyway, it's in my box. I got the box in the mail. You know, you open it and it just smells amazing coffee. Why? Because it's so fresh. Most of their coffees are roasted and shipped on the same day or close to it. And they only roast current crop specialty grade coffee from all over the world, organic trade, fair trade, direct trade, um, expertly crafted blends, espressos, uh, flavored coffees, gourmet teas, and a whole lot more. So go to lock, go to coffee, coffee AM backslash locked on. Sorry, coffeeam.com backslash locked on today. Take a full look at their menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout to get 15% off your first order of coffees, teas, and gift sets. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Um, Live Golf here. I'm going to finish up with this. Uh, apparently, Live Golf CEO. Greg Norman has come out and uh, told the world, well, they offered Tiger Woods over $700 million to join Live Golf. Tiger declined the offer, obviously. But man, am I wrong for loving that? Am I wrong for being the one person who loves that? Good. I'm so irritated with the PGA and the way that they've handled this at this point in time. I am rooting, actively rooting for Live Golf to win out. I'm actively rooting for more and more golfers to go over there. I'd love to see the PGA fold at this point because I don't have tolerance for people who refuse to adjust and adapt to a world around them. This whole it's my way or the highway mentality in America in 2022 doesn't fly with anything. It doesn't fly socially. It doesn't fly politically. It doesn't fly in business. It just does not work. Adapt or die. That's it. There are going to be new newcomers in every single industry from different angles everywhere. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where, you know, you couldn't write on your W-2 YouTuber and, and make millions of dollars. You can do that now. Love it or hate it. When my six-year-old say, Dad, I want to be a YouTuber, it's like, okay, I'd rather you go play sports or go outside or read a book or whatever. But it's here and it's around. And for me to sit there and actively try to push them away from something that they take an active interest in is stupid. If golfers are taking an active interest in live golf, it's stupid for you to try to deny them to do it. And, and there may be a time where a lot of these guys who swore off going there are going to flip the script and they're going to go, yeah, I'll go to Wiff Golf. I'll go. Why? Because it's easier and it's better. And these golf events are going to get more and more pub. They're going to get bigger. There's more and more people playing them. Yep. And the PGA can sit there and stomp their feet and get mad and suspend all the golfers they want and try to pretend like Live Golf is the big, bad boogeyman on the, on the block. He ain't scaring anybody going to be on the wrong end of this one there, uh, PGA. Live golf where it's at. Live golf. Live on, baby. That'll do it for us here on this Tuesday. Back tomorrow for a fresh show. Appreciate you guys uh, joining us here and making A to Z your first listen. Now make it hard with John Chuckery your next listen every day right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Have a great Tuesday. Don't take any crap from anybody.